0: This is at the turn. It's time for discussion and interviews about the world of golf you won't hear anywhere else. Here are your hosts, Nick Heidelberger and Joe Simons. Hello, hello! Happy New Year, and welcome into another episode of At the Turn. Nick and Joe, with you, Nick. How did you ring in the New Year?
2: Um, you know, it was it was Sydney's
0: first New Year,
2: so ah. it was a big event for her. Very um, special, you know, Gavin.
0: Gavin loves to party, so it was just a fun time with the family. Ah, uh, I'm glad to hear that. Well, a new year means that the Atherton at Survivor Pool is ready to go. You have until the first ball is in the air this Thursday at the Plantation Course at Kapalua to get in. Ten dollars, winner take all. You pick one golfer every week. If they make the cut, you move on. At the TOC, no cut. Got to make top twenty-five. Once you use a golfer, you can't use them again. It's going to be a lot of fun. People DM me or the at the turn pod. If you want to join the survivor pool, we'll get you the details. Nick, the tournament is almost here. I assume you've circled the player that you're going to pick for this first week, right? I'm not going to reveal my pick, but I can't wait. This is the best way
2: to kind of, I don't want to say gamble on golf. It's not really gambling, but like, if you do like the weekend, like all those like top 10 picks, the winners, you got to like follow the whole tournament. This is binary. It's like, hey, did you make the cut or not? Like One guy, one outcome. That's all you got to pay attention to.
0: Definitely. So please join that. And speaking of gambling, Nick, I'm, I don't know if you saw me send this to the people that believe, but I'm going to start a little gambling thing and post it on Instagram. Mm. I'm going to call it power fade. Okay. So good. Because the idea is, my picks suck, so you shouldn't listen to what I'm saying, but maybe maybe you should listen. Anyway, I'm going to give you one or two weird bets a week about PGA, LPGA, Euro, Live, whatever. It's going to be a weird pick. It should be fun. Let's see how bad I do. Basically, because I'm so bad at picking the majors, this I feel like gives me more opportunities to be wrong about something in a public space, which is really... What appears to be what I'm after with this podcast, other than having fun with you. So yeah, no,
2: and I think it's a numbers game. So if you do it every week, you'll get you'll get one right sooner or later.
0: Exactly. Just want to get one bet right between now and Augusta. So I have about three months. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Folks, if you're trying to rate and review and you want the Arno Palmer ball marker, I'm so sorry. I'm so you're you're too late. However, I would still encourage you to rate and review out of the goodness of your heart. It's a new year. It's a new you. And do you need a reason to rate and review? Probably. But if you're listening in France, Singapore, Canada, leave us a review. We would really, really appreciate it. Nick, let's get down to business. This is a little bit of old news now, but we haven't talked about it yet. Did you see recently, in the recent weeks, that there was a scramble team that reported a score of 46 over 18 holes. <laughs> did you see this story?
2: I did see this. I did see this. Um, what were your
0: first thoughts?
2: I was, I, I so the first context I had was just like it, the video that came through with like the, the guy reading off the winners and I'm trying like, I didn't know it was a four person scramble. I didn't even know it was a scramble. I'm just seeing the scores and there's like a bunch of scores in the fifties and then a, a winning score in the forties. And I'm like, okay, is this a, it must be a net. Uh, what What is going on? And then I hear it's a, it's a four person scramble and that's a gross score. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's no surprise that this got as much attention
0: as it did. So I'll read you how they did. Okay. 12 birdies. Absolutely. Happens all the time in scrambles. No, no problem there. Four Eagles. Wow. They're playing some golf. Four eagles in a scramble, but you're still with me. They made an ace on a par four. Now we're off the rails. Now, improbable, but possible. Here's where they should not have won this tournament. Whoever is in charge of it needed to step in and say, this is wrong. They also reported an albatross. So that is three under par on a par five. So what they are saying, they signed their scorecard oh. and said they made a two on a par five, a one on a par four, four eagles, and 12 birdies for a score of 46. I posture that if you got the four best golfers in the world together, they wouldn't do this. I think the albatross is the ace in the par four. Oh. No. Still, yeah. Cuz because 12 and 4 is 16 holes and Ace and a Par 4 is the 17th hole and then an Albatross. That's that's the 18 well, holes. They, they could have had one
2: they could have had one par.
0: <laughs> Excuse me. Excuse <laughs> me. You think these boys are recording to <laughs> par after all this?
2: <laughs> well, either I would way. just say that, yes. E- either way. That was my first thought cuz I was like, yeah, it is possible. Like you could you could any of those things in and of themselves are possible. Yes. Like, ace and the Par 4 it's, it's, it's highly unlikely, but sure it could happen. But to make an ace on a par four on the same hole, on the same round that your, your group eagles, presumably all the par fives, in, and birdies 12 holes, that means, I don't know. It's I, Again, I think if you got the four best players in the world on that course, they don't break 46. And that's where I'm like, yeah, okay, this probably isn't, this probably isn't real.
0: 46, 46. You're averaging less than three a hole over 18 holes. That's, it's yeah. pretty good. It's, it's Yeah. It's crazy. Well, wow. the live, the live bonus on the payout would have been amazing. I mean, they would have gotten what? Like $60 million. Live, live has said that if you shoot a 54, which is 18 under and around, you get yeah. a bonus of $54 million. So
2: they were 26 under par.
0: It's, it's pretty good it's really good i mean i get
2: like if i'm just gonna play devil's advocate okay let's just let's just play this out for yeah, just defend a quick them way. nick all right four drives so you got some length out there okay you got you got wedge in every every hole okay you're aside from the <laughs> four this. that you made <laughs> you get them close if you get if you get one within 10 feet and you got four rolls at it but to do that every single hole,
0: I don't know. Yeah, no, it's books. You know what I just thought of? If you're really looking for some clicks on your website, Nick, write the article of how this is possible. You're going to get a lot of traction if you do that.
2: <laughs> That's a good point.
0: Wow. Okay, congrats to them. Um, yeah, evil. Okay, this is a fun one. This is a quickie from Golf Digest. You get one putt, Nick. You got to pick one of these, all right? One of these five. A three footer for $50,000, a five footer for $100,000, a 10 footer for a quarter mil, a 20 footer for a cool million dollars, or if you back that thing up to 50 feet and knock it in, five million American dollars. Which one of these do you want? And I know the answer.
2: Yeah, this is the easiest. This is the easiest question. Uh, I'm taking a three footer. (laughs) I looked at my stats. Yeah, what are the numbers 98% say? 98% from, from that range. Um, I actually pulled it up. I got a screenshot right here. This is great. So from zero to two feet, so not quite three feet. 98%. Three to five feet. From three to five feet, Joe, that drops to 60%. So like, even though wait a, minute. a 60% chance for the presumably the five-footer, it's a 40% chance I'm leaving that 50K that I easily could have had on the table. No chance
0: of doing that. You're 60% from three to five feet? Yeah. What are you from? What is the next increment that it gives?
2: Six to nine feet,
0: 25%. See, I can't make fun of you because I have literally no idea what I'm doing from these. <laughs> look at that. Yeah. Is that Arcos? It is. How expensive is that thing? 100 bucks a year. 100 bucks a year? Yeah. And how does it track?
2: Uh, sensors in your grips, sensors that screw into the
0: back of your grips. And so what's the initial cost to get the sensors in the grips?
2: So I got um, – I think I got them for free because there was a promotion. Because so like, if you had a ping club, they have it with like TaylorMade. I bet you almost any brand you have, if you like have a qualifying club, basically from the last five years, you could probably get a set of 14
0: sensors for free. And like your first this. year for free.
2: its I, You totally should,
0: Joe. And it's really easy to just – like, it, it does a really good job. You don't have to, like, input or, like, walk or do any of that nonsense?
2: No. You don't have to. It, it, it's super easy. Um, two things you have to do, like, it really helps. Like, the statue just showed you to mark the flag on every green. So, you can either do it while you putt out or after your round, you can set where it was. And it, like, has a little dotted line where you walked. So, you could say, like, oh, yeah, that's where it was. Um, it's super easy just to mark it um, while you play. Huh. And then... Yeah, other than that, it it tracks everything. You just go three after your round, take five minutes to make sure that it picked up the right spot and the right club and all the shots,
0: add your penalties, you know, things like that. Okay. I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds very useful, especially from a putting perspective. Yeah. So, Anyways, to, but to go back to the prompt, I knew you were going to take the three-footer because you're a very mm-hmm. pragmatic person. I make the most putts from the closest point to the hole. I'm taking that.
2: Well, the other question is like, if you're the person writing the check, which putt do you not want me to take? Like if if you see me standing three feet away, you're like, well, I'm going to have to cut this guy a check. If you see me 50 feet away, you're like, no chance. I'm writing a 50 or a $5 million check to this guy.
0: This is a very difficult question. If you miss the three footer, you're gutted. You are gutted. You don't care.
2: Well, there's a, there's a 98% chance I'm going to make it. So there's Two out of a hundred times I'll miss it certainly willing to take those chances and but not to like those, spending 50 K to miss that. putt, I'm just, I'm at the same spot. I was before I
0: hit it on those 98% of putts you made. You did not feel the pressure of knowing that putt was worth $50,000. That's true. It's so true. If you left, let's say you actually want a promotion with golf digest. And so it's like, all right, cool. Ashley, you got to watch the kids. My golf digest putt is today, and you guys talked about it over some wine. You, you both decided, it, yeah, the three-footer makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. So Ashley knows that you're either going to come back with a $50,000 check or nothing. <laughs> oh, my God, we can pay for, I'm sure at that point, one semester of the kid's college with this $50,000. This is yeah. so exciting. Imagine getting in that car, <laughs> having to come home. She's texting you. You haven't thought of how you're going to break it to her that you didn't win this $50,000. There, it it is implied that you're going to win, yes, and succeed, right? For sure. Now,
2: imagine leaving you, it short.
0: <laughs> imagine leaving it short. You can't even come home at that point. If you don't no, that at point that point, point you're
2: just like, "Hey, it was, it's been a good ride. Uh, I gotta, I gotta move on to the next." It was of my uphill. Life,
0: no. I didn't give it enough base. <laughs> now, let's tr- let's lay out this scenario, okay? What are you? What are you from twenty feet? Uh, let me pull that back. Yeah, pull pull up. I knew, I knew this would be
2: data. So from fifteen to twenty-four feet,
0: nineteen percent. See, now we're talking. Those are the kind of odds that I want going into this putt, especially a twenty-footer. Even with anything on the line, maybe I'll pull it, maybe I'll push it, but I'm certainly going to give it a nice stroke. You know why? Because the expectations are a lot lower, and that's what I want on a big putt. I don't want to think. I'm going to make it. I want to think, let's give it a chance. A three-footer is like, I, I I might try to guide it. If this thing lips out, I'm <laughs> the rest of my life, I'm going to be thinking about this putt. If I have a 20-footer and I miss it, uh, you know what? No big deal. But if I sneak that baby in for a million dollars, that's the stuff of legends. I can go to the golf course, pack a sandwich, and tell Lace, I have a putt for a million dollars. I'm probably not going to make it. I'm going to try. But if I miss it, I can go about my life. You miss that three-footer. That haunts you. Every three footer you have subsequently that you make, you're just going to scream to yourself, Why did I get it to the hole? It's just going to yeah. be a terrible thing your whole life. J-
2: just as I knew that you knew, I knew that you knew that I was picking the three footer. Right. And I also knew that your decision would revolve around the miss
0: scenario and not the make scenario. Of course. Yeah. I know that I'm going to miss. Just the other day, quick tangent. I'm in this winter match play tournament, and they had the guy Dormy through uh, 15 holes. I'm on the green in regulation. He's in for bogey. I have to three-putt to close this thing out. Yeah. And my thought was, I haven't made a birdie all day. Let's give it a run. I, I put it four feet by. Who cares? I can two-putt from four feet give the par putt a little bit too much mustard. So now I have two and a half feet to close him out. I horse through that. I horseshoe that thing around and we're going to 17. Fortunately, I closed him out there, but um look, I've missed the four putted. I four I putted <laughs> to lose the hole. Yeah. I four putted to lose the hole. All I had to do was tie. All I had to oh do was God. tie. Anyway, I won the match three and one. That's neither here nor there survive in advance. So again, you take the three footer for 50 K I take the 20 footer for a million dollars. That sounds right. If if I had to predict what was gonna happen going in, I think that was probably it. Yeah. The reason we're here is because we want to set some realistic goals for the year ahead. It's 2023. Last year's behind us. It's a new golf year. Nick, this year, the Corner Club Open is on the calendar. So every move yes. we make on the golf course, we're preparing to win that championship. Totally. We have both identified three things that we can do on the golf course to help us achieve that goal. Do you want to go first?
2: Yeah, I, I will go first. My first one is is it's so simple just just play more golf. My Ooh. goal in twenty twenty three is to play thirty rounds. It's it's totally manageable if I if it's if I just make it like not the number one priority, but like make my weekly round of golf a priority. And, and it'd be so easy to just say like, well, I got to do the dishes. There's the lawn needs to be mowed. Those things are always going to be true. I just got to set it aside one time per week, 30 weeks a year and make it a priority to get to the golf course and play some golf.
0: Now, does the family agree with that goal? <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't
2: think it's as important to the family as it is to me. I've, so I, what i'm gonna do i've got a plan i've tested yeah. this plan it's gonna happen three or four days a week i gotta get five 5 30 a.m start my work day early i work from home i can bang out like four or five hours of work before the kids go off to daycare and then i can carve out that friday afternoon kids are in daycare ashley's at work i'm not enc- encroaching on anybody's time i'm just building that time for myself that plan goes off the rails when like people start to get sick and, and they're not sleeping and you know, it, it, it it's kind of a house of cards, but that's the plan and I'm going to try to stick to it.
0: I'm proud of you. And even if you don't get to 30, the goal of 30, I think forces you to continue to press yourself to do it, especially because your season starts way later than mine. So the big tournament that we always talk about is in mid June. So those first two months are really big for you to like feel as though you have a semblance of a game or you're comfortable with your game or you know where your misses, or whatever's happening yeah. prior to that. And this is a good way for you to do Great start, Nick. Sweet. I think it's achievable.
2: Yeah, it, de- it definitely is. I just, I just got to do it. Um, My second one.
0: Well, wait a minute. Oh, why, don't we, ping- why don't we ping pong? Oh, it's us ping pong it. Why don't ahead. we ping pong it? All right, this one, pretty controversial. Yeah. I'm curious to get your opinion. Joey's going to lay up more. No laying up? Yes, laying up. There are so many times. Let me back up. My pie, par five scoring stinks. I'm I'm the worst on par fives. At a par threes, par fours, par fives. My highest number when I go to the golf course is par fives. That is so counterintuitive because I hit my driver in play most of the time. I hit it pretty far, I would say, for the average golfer. So what is the reason I'm not scoring well on par fives? You know what it is? I'm going for it too much. I'm pretty good with wedges. Driver, eight iron, wedge. Two putt, great. Par is a good score. I make a putt, fantastic. Birdie. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to lay up every single time. But it's those situations where I'm like 270 to 250 out, maybe even like 240. And I have to really kill this second shot. And I really have to hit it accurately to even have a chance around the green. And even if I succeed, maybe I'm in a bunker. Maybe I short-sided myself. We're playing for position this year, Nick. Short par fours, we're going the same way about it. 300 yards to 280, I could get there. You know what I absolutely am going to do? Put a seven iron in the fairway and have a nice wedge in from 100 yards. Worst case scenario, I have a chip and a putt for par more likely I have 20 feet or closer for birdie, and I can two-put that most of the time. We're eliminating the big number. We're making more pars in 2023. Four birdies is cool. You know what's even cooler? 14 pars. Uh yeah, I mean,
2: I agree with that um in a very small way. I, I disagree with it in a in a big way. Sure. Um, I think so the last few years I've kind of I've read a couple books. We've just established I have Arcos, which which gives you strokes gained. It, it it can literally use AI to tell you the most efficient way to play a hole. Um, I follow some golf stat people on Twitter. I, I think the number one thing, the two things I've learned. Number one, closer to the hole is always better. Uh, all things being equal. Like I think closer to the hole in the rough is better than like whatever, farther away in the fairway. Um Most of the time, the only time it's really not true is like the number one way that you and I can lower our scores is to, is fewer penalties. So if you're like going for it and hitting in the water or going for it and hitting out of bounds, that would be like, okay, a major red light, like don't do that. But for the most part, like getting your ball closer to the green is going to like, if you play that whole 100 times, you're gonna have a lower score. The hundred times you, you try to drive that 300 yard par four than seven iron wedge. It might seem like a more successful shot if you go seven iron wedge to 25 feet than like short side yourself and then hit your approach shot, your chip shot from like right off the green to to 18 feet. But you're still seven feet closer, um, even though it didn't feel like as good of a, a second shot. So I would if you if you do end up investing in Arcos, it will once it learns your game five or 10 rounds and it will start to tell you like. Joe, if you if you pull driver here, your average score is going to be four point one, and if you if you lay up off the tee, it's going to be four point five. Um, so it, it's interesting. I, I I like the idea of making more pars, eliminating the big number. That's certainly huge. Um, I'm not convinced that like not trying to get your ball closer to the hole is the way to do it.
0: Sure, I can understand that perspective. What really changed my thought process was that one club tournament using a six iron and realizing how good of shape I'm in by hitting two, six iron on a 500 yard hole and realizing, wow, I'm probably going to make bogey at worst. And during the regular round of golf, I have the advantage of 13 more options with hitting this shot. The other part of it, and we've talked about this on a recent podcast, whenever they show those lists of how far you should be hitting your ball, according to your handicap. I am the worst eight handicap on planet earth, considering all those metrics. So I understand conventional wisdom says one thing, but I've been doing conventional wisdom for 25 years. And I think it's time to try something new. This is going to require a lot of discipline and I'm going to get a lot of shit from people when I'm 225 out and I pull a nine iron to hit a wedge, but I'm really going to try to commit to this. If there is such an obvious situation that I have to go for it, I'm going to do that. Like if I'm 230 out and there's no trouble and I have a great lie and the five wood, I eye it and it sets up well, great. But if I feel uncomfortable at all, I'm just going to pull a wedge. I have no reason not to. And the other side of it is, Nick, personally speaking, I hit my short irons quite far. So I think that's where my advantage is too. So if I lay up to 170, in the summer, I'm probably going to hit a nine iron. So that 170 for someone else could be a five iron. So that's my other thought process around it too, playing to my strength, which is my short irons.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that that struck me the most is like, it's gonna take a lot of discipline because like just picturing you, like- Calmly, nonchalantly pulling out a you know mid iron off a tee on a drivable par four. I'm like, it's going to take one bogey with Joe trying to play it safe to like toss it in the woods, screw this whole thing. It's going to be it's going to be like March 10th, and you're going to be like, nope, that's out the window.
0: You do know me well. <laughs> like if it doesn't go well the first round or something, I may ditch it. But the match that I played, I will say, I bombed two drives on the on the par five on the back, and I was I was 240 out, and it's a hard sh- second shot. I pulled an eight iron. I mishit it a little bit. I had a wedge from 75 yards, hit it to 10 feet, two putt for for par. Same thing on the second par five. Great tee shot. In the the second shot set up well for like a five wood draw. I'm like, nope, let's hit an eight iron. I went eight iron wedge, two putt for par. So, so far the very early returns are good. We'll see. We'll have to, we'll have to keep up with this one. (laughs) You're so right though. As soon as it doesn't go well, it's going to be tough. (laughs)
2: Okay, my second one. Yeah, um, it's a little bit off the course, huh? but I, I gotta pay more attention to my like nutrition and energy management when I'm playing uh-huh. golf. Like, I've never ever thought about it, and I recently wrote an article about like golf snacks and, and the best things you can eat on the golf course. And I did a lot of research on how different like nutrients impact your body, like like sugar and a sugar crash, and, and why you feel the way you feel thirty minutes after having a candy bar and an hour after. And how that compares to eating something like yogurt or hard-boiled egg. So I, I think I need to go to the course with a full meal. So by the time I eat the meal, drive half hour to the course, warm up, check in, hit the first tee. It's been a little over an hour. Uh, that'll get me through the first nine. On the back nine, make a conscious effort to eat a healthy, a good golf snack, whether it's beef jerky or, or some sort of something that's not going to give me a crash, something that's going to give me energy um, and feel good in the back part of my rounds. So I'm not having these collapses where I like stand over a shot on the 16th hole and just inexcusably just blast it out of bounds or top it into the water. And it's like, Oh, I just lost focus, but why did that happen? So I'm going to be more conscious and more intentional about my nutrition and my energy management.
0: That's such a good one. Like that, that's a 10. I almost want to clap for you. That's so good. Thanks. I'm with people so often that are reliant on the golf course to have a hot dog or a sandwich. That's a big gamble. I lose my mind when I'm hungry. So I'm I'm so focused on what I eat beforehand, what I eat during the round. What I usually do is have some sort of sandwich, either a PB&J or like a turkey and cheese. I cut it in half and I have one half like on the sixth hole and then the second half on the back nine, usually have the banana on the way, need to have some good protein, some good energy, especially for you, Nick, because you like to walk so much. It's Mm -hmm. so important when you're burning those calories to make sure you have something to replenish it. And yeah, there's been times where I've had an early morning round and I haven't eaten anything and it's just coffee and my hands start shaking over a putt on the third hole. And I'm like, Jesus, I I have to eat this food right now. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to execute. That's a really, really good one. So I'm curious, are you going to be more focused on like your meal beforehand and then what you bring to the golf course, or is it going to be something different than that?
2: So it's just making sure that I, I have a big full meal before I go to the course. So my, my plan is to play my golf Friday afternoons. So get, you know work from 5.00 AM to, to 11, 1130, uh, have, a, it doesn't have to be a healthy meal. It might, it might be something, just, just something that's, that's full, you know, a, a, a full meal, get to the golf course. And then I think it's either going to be like beef jerky um, there, there's a few things, you know, peanut butter and banana sandwich is supposedly a good one. I haven't eaten that. So I don't know if I, if I, if I want to eat that. Um, but, Are but I've a got a list of guy? things. I, I like pe- but peanut butter and banana sandwich. I just, I just don't know, but I'll, I'll try it. I'm going to try a few things and just, just make sure that I'm managing my energy. And so when it is, you know, when I have a chance to reach my third goal, which I am going to talk about that, that I'm not, I'm not blowing on the last few holes.
0: I think that's a great one. And I think a lot of people would benefit from a little preparation, even the night before when I have those early morning rounds, what I do. So let's say I have an early morning round on Sunday. I know about, and I'm waking up at like 5am. I don't want to prepare eggs Benedict at 515 so I can get some energy in me. So what I do is I get a breakfast burrito going the day before pop that thing in the fridge. as Soon as I wake up, throw it in the microwave in at 510 in the morning, I have a good meal and I can get that energy, you know, maybe have a PB and J in the fridge, kind of plan Mm -hmm. ahead. Food on the golf course is such a big one for me. So I'm very happy that that was on your list, Nick. Uh, What's your second one? My second one, this one's going to be easy. And I kind of already have started it. Never pick up. No gimmies for Joe Simons in 2023. I've already identified how poor I am at short putts. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that in my group, that's casual people pick up a lot, no more picking up. Everything's got to go in. If someone says that good and I miss from 18 inches, sorry, I'm writing down the score with the miss getting used to having every putt count, I think is good for me. So when I get in a competition and I have this putt to win a, win a hole or win a match from two and a half feet, I feel comfortable over it rather than uncomfortable putting myself in those positions a lot. There's a reason why when I stand over an eight foot putt, I feel like I'm actually going to make it more often than if I have a four foot putt because I hit more eight foot putts. The, those four footers and in, I'm just kind of walking up and hitting it. And you know, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't want to do any of that. Everything's going to count. No more picking up. No gimmies for Joe. If you give me a putt, sorry, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking it. I'm going to put it in the hole
2: that's a good one except for i'm thinking back to what you just said about about four putting uh recently and i thought maybe maybe it's better if you just start picking up from from farther away i got to no, learn the less no it, you know in all seriousness no that that's a really good one um i i'm starting to do the same thing too uh i started kind of like halfway through last year or earlier last yeah, year just like i don't pick up a ton but if you don't if you don't like kind of manage it or if you're not conscious of it like what happens with me is like, I'll have it, I'll have a two and a half footer. I am usually pay by myself. And then I'll, I'll, I'll go up to hit it. And instead of like thinking about my putt, I'll be thinking about, man, if I miss this, am I going to wish I just picked it up? And like, you know, and it's like, why am I, why don't I just walk up to the putt and make it? So I just started saying like, look, no gimmies, everything. You just hold it out. It doesn't matter. Like if you miss it, so who cares? Literally nobody cares. You don't care. Ashley doesn't care. Gavin doesn't care. I care for a couple minutes, and then I then I don't even care. So just just put it out because when it comes to like putting down your score at the end of the day, submitting your score, like the, and you made this point a while back. Like if you have that career round, you want to know in your heart of hearts everything was one hundred percent. That 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 score is bulletproof.
0: I can't live a lie. There's no way I'm I. I I'm not religious, but I grew up Catholic, so the guilt would be way too much. I cannot live a lie. The putt's got to be in the hole. So 2023, no gimmies. Everything's in. Everything counts. Everyone go with God. Make your own decisions. Goals are different for everybody. But for me at this point in my life, it's important to lay up and have no gimmies. That's where I'm at in 2023. Nick, what's your last one? My last one is break 80.
2: i got to do it. It's yes! time. I've got an 82 on my resume. Let's go. Three on my resume. Both of them are the last 24 months. It's time to make that push, get over the hump, to break 80. That's why all putts are hold out. That's why all those rules, except for maybe internal OB, I can't stand that rule. I may not follow that one 100% of the time. Every single other rule you better believe is by the book. I'm making the push. I'm breaking 80 in 2023.
0: At what point in the round... When it's been possible in the past, do you think about it?
2: Um, two? Well, it's it goes one of two ways. So yeah. either I, I par the first hole and it's all I can think about for the, for the next three holes until I double bogey all of them. Or I double the first hole, completely forget about my score. Like the 82 I shot, I doubled the first hole. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about score the entire time. I was just playing, hitting shots, and then it was like... I wasn't thinking about breaking 80, but I was thinking about my personal best. And it was like the 15th hole. I was like, "Ah, please don't fuck this up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. See, it's so difficult because when you're in that zone, it's difficult to stay in the zone because you start to think about how did I get here? And once you think about how I got here, you're already out of it. You're already out of the zone when you start thinking about it. There's only been a couple of times in my life where I've been in it and not been thinking about it. One was with you, and weirdly enough, the other one was last year in March where me and my brother, who's not a big drinker, went to Vegas, and we played this course. We both played awful on the front. And my brother is probably like, I don't know, a 22 or a 24. He's not very good. But we had some shots. And then he started playing like a five handicap. He shot 39 on the back, which is his best nine on like a real course. And I was feeding off it and we had like tight driving holes, but we were both just lacing driver and not even thinking about it. Now, probably the score being out of reach was part of the component, but I still remember vividly standing up to a par four that was really, really tight, pulling out a three iron and thinking to myself, swing as hard as you can because you're going to mash this. And then I did. And those, those feelings are so rare in the game of golf. And it's difficult to stay in those positions, especially when you have such a well-known like that is the <laughs> that's the green jacket of amateurs, right? Is breaking 80. Like if you've broken 80, then it's like, OK. I know what I'm doing. Like you've sniffed it a bunch. You're you're mm-hmm. right there. You're on the precipice. You know what I mean? You're Greg Norman in 96. How you going <laughs> to recover? You find a way to do this. I want to make this my third goal for 2023 is you breaking 80. That's how excited I am about Thanks, this. Joe. So, yeah. Yeah. No pressure so happy at all. for you. <laughs> so how are you going to do it? The first two leading into the third. Um, I just
2: gotta, I just gotta spend some time hitting into the, the sheet. I hung up in my garage. Um, as how much as I can, even if it's just like 10 minutes a day, but doing it like, five or six days a week rather than cramming in like an hour session once every three weeks. Like that's, that's not, that's not productive. Like building a sound repeatable swing. It's just, just, yeah. Consistency. That That's the number one thing. Consistency. If I can have a 65 yard shot and know how to hit the ball between 60 and 70 yards, it doesn't have to be 65. It just needs to be somewhere close enough. Um, that's all I got to do. Be consistent.
0: Can I tell you and the listeners about the text your wife sent me? Did she tell you about this? Uh no, she didn't tell me, but I but I uh she, I I told her I wanted to get new wedges and she told me I needed to break 80 first. And I that said, was the text. Yeah. So
2: I'm not <laughs> that was the text.
0: Um Lacey thinks that that's harsh but also fair.
2: From an outsider's perspective. Yes. But that would be like saying like, Ashley's like, I'm, I'm going to run the marathon. I'm going to run a marathon. I, I need to get the shoes to train. And I'm like, no, you can, you can get new shoes after the marathon. And it's like, well, the shoes are kind of part of it. And not good that, analogy. like new wedges is going to make me break 80. It's not the difference, but it's like driving a car with no tread on the tires. Like it's just maintenance to, 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 to swap those babies out. It's been six years.
0: I can tell you've been married for a while. Cause that's, that's a really good, you know she hit a forehand into your court and you just rip that backhand right out of it that's that's really good stuff well god bless you nick i'm we're all pulling for you on the west coast Ah, you have an entire support behind you i love it my last one could not be more different than yours my third (laughs) stop being concerned with the score why do i care so much about the score I can't remember that company, but a company even makes gear that says, no one cares what you shot. And it is so true. No one cares what you shot. If it's a milestone like yours, of course, that's something different. But if I grinded out a tough 81 that could have been an 84 if I didn't play well, no one gives a shit. All I want to do out there is put the ball in the hole instead of picking up, playing more tactical, and being more present over what is happening. Just being more present, not thinking about the mechanics. I want to play golf. I want to hit creative shots. I want to play smart. I want to have more fun. I want to write the scores down, but not obsess over them in the way that I have done in the past. This is going to be the hardest of the three by far, is not being so concerned with the score. But one of the great golf minds of the 21st century said, be Process-oriented, not results-oriented. Do you know who said that? I don't know who. Justin Smoot. And I think that's exactly what I'm... He told me January of 2022, Justin, I finally heard you. Stop being so results-oriented. Be more process-oriented because if your process is good, the results take care of themselves.
2: Yeah, and and if you truly stop worrying about the score during your round, you will shoot lower scores. Like I 100% believe that. And like, I know I just set a goal, like I'm trying to break 80, but like if I stop trying to break 80 with every swing, I may actually break 80 at some point during the year. But you can't, like your approach on the first hole, you can't break 80. You can certainly eliminate any chances of breaking 80, but you can't achieve your goal. It's a collection literally 80 different things. So yeah, it's, it's hard to do. It's probably one of the, the true secrets of golf to figure out actually how to do it truly. Uh, good luck with that because I think it will really, really help your score.
0: I do think that laying up is a part of that because I do think going forward a lot is trying to get ahead of the score or make up for bad scores. Whereas laying up is just sort of taking things as they come, hitting to that spot in front of the bunker, putting it on the green letting it bounce up just taking the game more in stride rather than trying to like win golf you know i think i've been trying to win Mm -hmm. golf instead of play golf and i think those are the two different mindsets that i have had right when i play golf is when the scores are great and when i win golf is when i bomb and shoot 96 or whatever so yeah that's what i'm going to try to do this year nick awesome i love it i think these are good goals for both of us and i think they're very achievable definitely Okay, it's time for our first mad golfer of the week in 2023, brought to you as always by Piper Golf, tour-quality golf balls at amateur prices. Golf Monthly says the Piper Black might be the best golf ball you've never heard of the best value in its category. Get an even better value using promo code TURN10 at checkout. Nick, it's awfully cold here in Portland. I'm sure it's cold in your neck of the woods, so we're going far west to the hawaiian islands the site of the pga tours first tournament of 2023 the plantation course at kapalua now i had the pleasure of playing this place a couple years ago and it is spectacular you're gonna pay a lot but you get a first class experience and if you're only going there to play one round i can't recommend it enough it's it's very very unique experience everyone treats you great most of the people or the reviews I found agreed with me. However, I did find someone who did not. Quote Beautiful course, an amazing golf course, but has the most unkind and unhelpful staff I've encountered in a long time. Pro shop, unwelcoming. Cart area, extremely unfriendly and very bothered that we would be asking questions about where things were. Drink cart, I don't have words to express what her problem was. Starter, Bob, the only guy here that was friendly enough to actually talk to. Thanks for taking our picture. One, (laughs) they love Bob. One year ago, I left a review and photos at the Bay Course that has 15,000 views. Humble brag. I never leave one-star reviews, and I have no desire to return here on our annual trip to Maui. I bet the feeling's mutual, except from Bob. Everyone likes Bob. Yeah. I uh, <clears throat> I like how we broke this down by category. Mm-hmm. When they start
2: being very general about things, it makes me wonder. Like cart area, very bothered that we were asking questions about where things were. Well, what were you what questions were you asking? It sounds like you were sticking your nose in business it shouldn't be in.
0: Right. Yeah. And look, there's a bunch of young kids over there in my experience, and they were all very happy because they want you to tip them like they get paid but a lot of these especially at a course this nice they expect some gratuity so they're kind of gonna mm-hmm. go, kind of go out of their way to be extra nice to you the cart person i mean who knows that could just be like, like the cart person was so nice that i had the best tuna sandwich i've ever had in my life and it came out of the golf cart like would you at your local golf course would you get a tuna sandwich out of the golf cart probably not nope but kapalua not if you don't oh. live in hawaii Yeah, exactly. They just caught the tune of that day. Anyway, that's our Mad Golfer of the Week. He sounds like a miserable human being to me. Um, Well, this is our first opportunity of the year for Nick Rules. And unfortunately, Mm. we're carrying the tradition from 2022 into 2023. Theme song pending for Nick Rules. Brought to you by Matchstick Golf. Use promo code TURN20
2: at checkout. All right, Joel, we just want to tie this whole podcast all together. So I'm going to go back to uh, that incredible score of 46 in the mm. four-man scramble. Now, the rules of golf do have rules about attesting scores and having a marker to verify the validity of your score. Not sure they apply to four-man scrambles. Um, but rule 3.3, after the round, you and your marker must certify that your score for each hole is right. and You must return the scorecard to the committee. Uh, interpretations of 4.4, um, clarification of meaning of peer review as a method of certification of scored peer review is normally conducted by someone playing in the same group or who was present during the round and, or who is a member of the same golf club as the player. Um, Seemingly, none of this happened during that incident where somebody, a group shot 46. Uh, If if there was a a fifth party who just witnessed the whole thing, who had no interest in uh, the outcome, this wouldn't have been as big of a deal as it was. But that is the USGA rules on how to
0: attest and certify a score. No one saw these guys hit a shot. Like at some point during the round, someone had to have seen them hit a shot. And been able to say, I saw, I saw this asshole hit one into the water five feet in front of him. There's no way these guys shot 46. These guys would have had to have hit every single shot so precisely that there should someone should have been able to say that this is wrong. Imagine at the corner club open if someone turns into 46. You think those pack of crazies would let that fly? No. No. No chance. And that is Nick Rules. Hey, the new year is here. Good luck to everybody in the survivor pool. If you're listening to this and watching the Tournament of Champions on television and thinking to yourself, oh, sounds like fun, you're too late. I'm so sorry. Thank you to everyone for listening. We're excited for big things to come in 2023. We're all excited for Nick to break 80. I can't wait for this to happen. I'm glad you put it out there too, because now you put the pressure on yourself, which I love. I love that. Yeah, for sure. We'll we'll follow up on this every, every once in a while once golf season starts. Breaking 80 with Nikki Heidelberger. All right, everybody. Enjoy your new year. Be safe out there, and we'll talk soon. I'm Lacey Evans. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at The Turn.